0: Good morning, Namaskar and Adab. Welcome to another exciting episode of Z Talks. I'm your host, Sheharyar Zedi, And uh, today I have with me a very special guest, uh, Mr. Saurabh Vich. Uh, before I start, start off with our uh, talk with Saurabh, I would like to tell you about Z Talks, where I sat down with some amazing entrepreneurs, uh, freelancers, social workers, artists whom I get to know during my community management days. And now I get to talk to them about their work, their personal life, and more importantly, what they do, how they do. So uh, to talk about my special guest today, Mr. Saurabh Vich, I would like to tell you more about him. Uh, he is, uh, Saurabh Vich is a particle <laughs> physicist, and he was uh, working in some of the biggest, Physics lab in the world, and he left all of that and came back to India to start off his entrepreneurial journey. Till now, he has worked. He has already worked on two startups. He is working on his third startup now, which is in the which is in the field of uh, supercomputing. And uh, the last two startups, he made them successful and uh, raised funds for them. And now he is working in the field of supercomputing and i'm so excited to talk to him about his current work his past work his uh, journey till this point of time so let's welcome on the screen mr saurabh ridge hi saurabh welcome to Hey, Zeli, how are you i'm good i'm good how are you i'm good so so saurabh as you know uh, the you know the the format of this broadcast uh, uh, we you know, we we'll get into more details about your current work. If, you know, you're working as the CEO of QBlocks right now. You're the CEO of this company. Uh, we would, you know, would li- like to know more about it in the coming, in uh, some time now. Uh, also, I would like to know more about your thoughts on entrepreneurship uh, in India and you know, you have spent time outside also. Is there any difference in them? And you know what? What are the what are the uh, what is the advice that you would like to give to the coming entrepreneurs? Who so who would like you know, the budding entrepreneurs? What would you like to tell them? So, sort of first of all, why don't you tell us about your current work right now? What is exactly that you're doing? You are, you know, you know, you told me that it is like democratizing the supercomputing. So why don't you tell us more about that first?
1: All right. So, uh, the, uh, What we are doing right now is something similar, uh, which has been, you know, available. I would say in the scientific domain for the past uh, almost twenty years. So, just a little backdrop uh, on how it all, you know, uh, got started. So, uh, in early 2000s uh, there was a professor and a student uh, at Stanford, and they actually, you know, decided that they wanted to study astronomical data, and uh, although it, it started, you know, as a joke initially that, Hey, why don't we, you know, look for aliens in the, in that. Data. And we won't get that kind of permission from the department itself. So then one of the students, um, and, uh, he, you know, collaborated with the professor and he suggested that why don't we, ask people out there in the world who are passionate about the same thing to donate computing power from their laptops, which is, you know, sitting idle a lot of time. Mm-hmm. So that's the root of this idea that, uh, when my laptop is sitting idle, it can compute data, uh, for astronomical, you know, uh, it, uh astronomical, you know, projects and purposes, but it can also process and compute data for other scientific projects, uh, like for, example, uh, and this actually, you know, this triggered a series of scientific projects started from multiple different organizations all over the world. Uh, to give you an example, Folding at Home uh, is another similar project. They they uh, use a technology called a distributed computing. Uh, and just doing this, Folding at Home has become world's biggest supercomputer with over 1.5 exaflops of computing. They have done just using idle laptops from uh, you know uh, like consumer laptops that we have today. So that you know that really fascinated me for a very long time, and I've seen you know one of the supercomputing facility at CERN where I worked as a particle physicist few years back. Okay. And I always you know the idea was to bring this in the hands of everyone because it's right now is restricted in the scientific domain only.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, that's nice. Too.
1: So yeah, so based on that yeah <laughs>
0: cool uh, so uh, sort of during this podcast I don't I, you know I didn't only want to know about your entrepreneurial journey or the starting of it I also wanted to understand you know of uh, of how did you just give me a second of how did the whole journey start from you know you know further back uh, during your school and the college life uh, were you always the studious one I'm assuming that you were (laughs) uh, looking at your profile now. And I mean, were you that Sharmajika beta because of which we all were getting a beating at our homes? And, you know, we were shown you as an example of what an other student should be. So, were you that kind of a student? Why don't you tell us more about that? Okay,
1: yeah, that's a tricky one so i was i mean uh, how do we define sharma beta by the way <laughs>
0: <laughs> so sharma beta is that is that kid who always tops the class and uh, yeah he basically tops the class and he is you know scoring the uh, scoring the best marks and because of which we are uh, you know given innumerable example of you as a student that you know should be with, you should be like saurabh look at saurabh
1: Uh, okay. So uh, if you go by that definition, uh, I won't say that I fall in that category directly, but in a way, I fell into that. So uh, what happened was that I was always passionate about science, basically anything science, You, I would read books, watch TV shows. Uh, at that time, there was no YouTube, uh, which made life easier. Actually, if you really want to, you know, study something, you can go on to YouTube and you can read, you know, not read, but you can learn anything. So at that time it was all you know uh, discovery channel and all those things so i was always fascinated and passionate about science so but i was never cared about you know marks so if you looked at this person uh, uh, uh during childhood i was never you know getting any marks i was not interested in marks actually so that's the that's the core <laughs> I'll give you one number, you know, uh, during ninth class, I got around 57% or 56% something. And, uh, (laughs) I really got, you know, uh, yeah. And, uh, so I don't see there was any future, (laughs) uh, if, if we, you know, judge a person from, from the Marx perspective, uh, and a lot of people did judge, you know, you know, how competitive the society is Mm -hmm. and was at that time also. So, Mm -hmm. uh, but something happened, you know, uh so uh you know uh in 10th class if you want to have science uh most of these schools have a requirement that you do you know you uh, you're you above a threshold of you know marks and percentage percentages and whatever you know they care about Correct. so uh uh and before boards exam uh, uh intense you have this pre-boards mm-hmm. uh so during the pre-boards i got really really low number you know uh because okay. because mid 50s i think it was somewhere mid early mid 50s okay. you know that's it like fifty-three. people but i wanted science and they were not you know giving me that they were like no i mean uh i, I was like the, you have the board's exam says you know it, it hasn't been there yet how can you judge me on that and i really want to study science how can you you know stop me from doing that correct, so correct. i had to bring my father okay. and he had just you know got an accident and he had uh, it was very tough for him, but he did that for me, he went to the school and argued, you know, with the principal and everything and they were like, you know, we can't, to these kind of students who can't score, we can't give them science. It okay. was that simple for them. And it really frustrated me for two reasons. One of them that, uh, that you know, you're judging someone's passion and creativity hmm. for a particular subject based on his marks, overall marks. So for example, why the fuck do I need 90 uh, in social science <laughs> or in uh, arts or anything? If I'm passionate about science, Correct. similarly, if I'm passionate about cricket, why should I score any marks at all in Correct. any other subject so That was my whole frustration. And the second was in a way they humiliated my father hmm. and that got, got, got to hmm. me. I would say, uh, so I found refuge. I would say in spirituality, uh, started reading a few books, mm-hmm. uh, Paramansa Yogananda, I would say. Uh, I, I've never been a religious person all my life, but it was about spirituality. Mm-hmm. And uh, just to you know, shorten this story, uh, the, the thing was, this entire thing, this part of spirituality, during those days, they, they gave me a very solid belief. Mm-hmm. And the belief was that you can do anything with enough practice, mm-hmm. with enough learning. You can actually build on that and you can do anything. So I mm-hmm. took it as a challenge that, okay, let's try this out. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's all fluff. But let's try this out. Let's you know really try to score.
0: Mm-hmm. I took
1: that took that as a you know challenge, mm-hmm. and I trained my brain, you know everything. And and in tenth class I became the topper. So I go from fifty five something to like uh, 80, 80, 80, 88 or something or ninety. And, nice. And, and then my father was called in again, you know, <laughs> at at the school. And then. Uh, he very proudly asked them now you don't want to give him science <laughs> and they were like you know if we don't give him science what kind of student would we you know give science or these kind of subjects to and that's the nice. thing you know uh, that's how how fucked up our system is right now the education system needs an overall change
0: totally
1: uh, it has it. to be driven you know by by the interest and passion of people instead of marks scores and percentages
0: hmm I can totally, and you know, these things have not improved at all. You know, they've only you know gotten worse. You know, my cousin, she's studying in this this premium school, uh, and where they have already made groups in like ninth or tenth class, as per you know, as per your marks. Like, if you are scoring this much marks, you're in like a premium IIT group, and you will be taught in a separate class. Uh, You know, students scoring less than that will be in like. IAT B group. Then there is PMTA premium group. So all the all of those things are still there. They have only gotten worse, and you know nothing has improved at all. So yeah, that's there. So and then how did the uh, how did I mean the, based on
1: some yes. of the yeah
0: yeah sorry you were saying you were saying
1: no just on that basically I've I've gone deep into psychology and mm-hmm. based on that I can say they are destroying their future. Uh, because, you know, when you are at that age, mm. when you're, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, uh, mm-hmm. at that age, your mind is really impressionable. Mm-hmm. So if I'm planting a belief in you that, Hey, you're not good. Mm-hmm. You belong to the C category. You belong mm-hmm. to the B category. Mm-hmm. It will stay with you for your entire life, unless you, you know, aggressively change that. And that's a problem. That's a very deep problem because they're destroying their future. This is too bad. I, I don't know how this would change.
0: Correct. But anyway, uh, you know, going ahead from there, then how did the, you know, how did you land up at CERN and all of those amazing labs in the world? How did that happen? If you can, you know, share that with us also, you know, coming out from your school, going to college and then landing up at the place where the God particle is, has been discovered or still, they are still discovering it.
1: Oh man. Yeah. Uh, yeah where do i start so uh, i mean I'll, okay I'll, I'll i'll start again with you know, with the passion you know uh-huh. it's all about passion i mean uh, it can it can really you know change you as a person it can br- bring in that commitment that you know that is required so just to uh, i believe in this theory that if you really want to you know master a field if you really want to you know become the best of the best in a field you need to spend seven to ten years of your life Okay. And it's not going to be easy because it's not just about, you know, spending time. It's about, uh, it's about solving hard challenges, uh, mm-hmm. during that time, because then only you're growing mm-hmm. and you can only stay in a field for seven to 10 years when you absolutely love it, you know, deeply right. love it. Right. And somehow I found this in physics. Okay. So Personally speaking, for me, it's 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 kind of religious. It it gives me that visceral you know feeling uh-huh. that you can only get from a religion. Mm-hmm. Physics is religion for me, and it has stayed like that. So mm-hmm. when I was at that time, I just you know dreamt about working at biggest labs in the world like Fermi or Sun or Atomic Energy Commission mm-hmm. and these kind of places. Yeah. And so I just followed that path. I never even gave you know like iit entrance exam and all those engineering exams and never gave that because i was very clear that hey i will do bachelor's in physics and that that was the problem you know with some of the relatives
0: oh, i don't
1: okay. i don't know if i should mention that but some of the relatives they, they really wanted to you know manipulate my parents into you know uh, making me do you know engineering or medical and all those things which were you know which were the two core options at Absolutely. that time so but uh, I just want to do physics that's it all my life uh, so I followed that path applied for you know uh, bachelor's in physics got into raj College in Delhi University mm-hmm. and post that it I had a very narrow you know some clarity I, I wouldn't say I had extreme clarity because I'm not oracle mm-hmm. so I just had some clarified. Okay, in physics, I will do something, and uh, one of the clearest paths is that you do bachelor's, master's, PhD, and then you become a professor. Mm-hmm. You write papers and you do your research and all all that. So that was the path I was following. So after mm-hmm. master, uh, sorry, after bachelor, uh, I wanted to apply for master since you know science and physics. Mm-hmm. No, uh, during that time, it was a new course and it was uh, with some with about something which was, I was like passionate about, which is mm-hmm. nuclear and particle physics. Mm-hmm. So that course uh was an exchange program which uh was between delhi university and university of paris okay. so in pa- paris is like the center for nuclear energy yeah. and so that, that's that was one of the biggest change in my life so i got into that program uh there were only 12 students from the entire country in that program nice. and nice. so they uh, had this entire yeah so uh first year was in you know india delhi university and then the second year was in uh, france where we were actually visiting you know real nuclear power plants okay i can't tell you that feeling when you actually <laughs> go there and you see a nuclear power plant and you know you see uranium rods also in their raw form mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so that was mind blowing and like i mentioned i've w- always wanted to work in you know some of the, these kind of labs so especially those days large hadron collider mm-hmm. uh, it was you know gathering a lot of momentum uh, a lot of that scientists worked, wanted to work on collider at CERN mm-hmm. and so this this uh, professor who was also the chairman of this course, he came to France and mm-hmm. he just, you know, asked that who wants to work at CERN, uh, and, but there's no, you know, there's an internship uh, the opening there and, but there's no salary, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and, uh, all the, I would say other students, they, ha- they already had internship in their hand at some of the different nuclear plants and everything. Mm-hmm. And okay. I just wanted to, you know, visit CERN and work at CERN. So I said, check it. I'd, I don't care. I don't give a fuck about your salary. I just want that. Just give me this opportunity. I want to work at CERN and, uh, he maybe saw something. So immediately next day I got a mail that, Hey, I'm introducing you to this professor at CERN. Uh, let's, let's get you there.
0: Awesome. And that's how,
1: awesome. uh, so they, they interviewed me, uh, and then I uh, got there and, uh, so i worked at sun for a while and then later on i worked on my phd uh, which was uh, at the atomic energy commission in uh, france uh, which is called a CE- cea yeah uh, it was again in particle physics uh, and so uh, yeah I, th- that was a journey you know till particle physics and the uh, yeah and during that time uh, something changed i would say in my mind it was uh, like uh, late 2011, uh, early 2012, uh, Nirbhaya happened Yeah. Uh, in India
0: Correct. and
1: that really triggered, you know, uh, that if you are, you know, I asked this question that if you're so scientific, if you want to develop technology and discover, you know, things, why can't you find a solution for something as bad as, you know, uh, Nirbhaya? Uh, uh, so I wanted to solve this problem using technology. So I went back to India, started a venture in this domain, which was a variable device. So something like, you know, like we have Apple watch today, mm-hmm. uh, we, it was in 2012, like before variables and IOT stuff. So we pitched this idea to the ministry of, uh, ministry of communications mm-hmm. uh, in India. And, uh, they loved it. They, uh, I don't know why they loved it. Maybe they really wanted a solution or maybe they just wanted to, you know, uh, I would say pacify the, uh. uh all the riots that were happening those days or, or all the protests that that uh-huh. were happening uh-huh. those days. So I don't know the real agenda, but they gave me this opportunity that, okay, you're to develop this, uh, you have a solution. So I had this entire blueprint, you know, okay, this uh-huh. is how the technology will work. Uh-huh. This, these are the you know different solutions. These are different scenarios uh-huh. and we'll tackle all these problems this, this way I need a team. I need this much funding. Uh-huh. I need, I might even need a professor in, of computer science from some department. Uh-huh. So. They really loved it because it was not just an idea. It, there was a real strategy behind the idea. There was, you know, an entire blueprint. So based on that, uh, they gave me one condition that we, uh, that since, you know, uh, if you're a company, uh, and you have a ready product, we can give you an order, but if you're not a company and you want money for R and D. There's a different path to it. You need to collaborate with a university. Okay. And that was really tricky, you know, to get a university and a professor on board for this project. It was really, really difficult because I had to convince them and they gave me around a month to do mm-hmm. this. So we started visiting, you know, different universities from Delhi college of engineering to triple IIT to IIT Delhi and everything. And finally one professor at IIT Delhi after like 25 rejections, <laughs> this professor at IIT Delhi, he was convinced.
0: Okay, So
1: <laughs> he got on board. And finally, we got the grant. And uh, although the grant money, you know, took another nine months oh. to reach IIT Daily, okay. but this professor, you know, was really passionate, and he really wanted to see some change. Mm-hmm. So he pushed forward, and he took out some money from the computer science department and started the project to build this, you know, wearable device for women safety. Okay. So that was my first startup. Okay. Uh, we collaborated with IT Delhi to build this product, got the mm-hmm. grant, and then after like two and a half years of, you know, building the product and commercializing it, finally, uh, this bigger company, uh, they uh, they had this uh, thing, basically, uh, they, they had a good distribution, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were into jewelry. Mm-hmm. So the idea was your technology, like our technology with the jewelry. We'll combine that and sell it as smart jewelry.
0: Okay. which nice
1: uh, could be more accessible you know to 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 women and girls so that's how you know uh, we collaborated and then they equi hired us gave us some equity in the company so that was the first i would say kind of an exit that mm. uh, that i got my from my first startup
0: nice nice so now uh, saurav if we have to talk about your jump where you know you know already you have given us an idea about how you left the phd research and then you got into you got into the entrepreneurial world uh, but looking at all of that journey and from your own experience now if i have to ask you this my next question which is is entrepreneurship for everyone now that you have worked in this field for a you know considerable time now what are your thoughts on it i mean there are so many people who are having ideas and they always believe that you know we can do it if we you know if we have those resources with us we have the time because they are all you know doing their regular jobs but do you think is entrepreneurship
1: for everyone well uh that's a tricky question (laughs) (laughs) Uh, although uh, in my heart i would say everyone should be an entrepreneur uh, because uh, you get freedom you know Uh, freedom not from work (laughs) but you get to work on things you really love you're really passionate about it and i would say the growth curve Mm. Uh, at a personal level uh, and at uh, you know the work level uh, during a startup or during entrepreneurship is much faster, much much faster. I would say it's, it's in multiples as compared to when you are working for someone else or when you are working in a job. So that's one of the biggest things. So I would say yes, everyone should become an entrepreneur. And I I would rather say. Uh, the definition of entrepreneurship in the past 10 years has also expanded. It's not, you know, before it was just either you can be an employee or you can run your business. Mm -hmm. But now I think even if you are, you know, selling content, if you are doing a YouTube, uh, you know, uh, you have a good YouTube channel, you have a large following like (laughs) Joey Rogan, he has a podcast. Yeah. talks, -talks? I don't know. uh, uh, I mean, uh, (laughs) talks, yes. (laughs) Joy Rogan of India, right? <laughs> oh God, so, uh, yeah,
0: please <laughs> don't say that, please, yeah. Yeah, please, yeah,
1: anyway. No, we, if, if if one day we can start talking about LSD and DMT, you you don't know in which direction we can take this. Correct,
0: correct. Okay, yeah.
1: <laughs> so, if you expand the you know definition of entrepreneurship, not just as a business, but someone who is creating value, and he is able to deliver that value to a lot of people, in a profitable manner, I would say that's entrepreneurship. So even artists, they're entrepreneurs because they are creating art and then they're selling it. You are a musician, you are a scriptwriter, you are a movie director. All of them are entrepreneurs at heart and because they're creating stuff and then they're selling stuff. Hmm. The hard part of this is actually, you know, selling stuff because uh, what happened in the past 10 years is uh, a lot of engineers or people from scientific background, they turn to entrepreneurship uh they are good in building technology they're good in you know product design and innovation the problem comes in when they have to sell because there is no experience with selling and this is i would say one of the biggest difference that i've seen in india and many other countries is that in india if you want to build so there are two ways to you know build a business you can do a bootstrap it's all your company or you can have investors on board so one of the problems that i've seen in india is that investors uh expect you to be a good salesman too Hmm. So, which is a problem, you know, I'm not saying you can't learn everything. You can learn everything in life. If you want to. The problem is, do I need to spend another two, three years to, you know, learn to become a good salesman or I can hire an expert and he can sell in those two, three years and we can really build the company. I'm an expert in building product. Why can't I hire a sales guy who is another expert in selling? Hmm. And that's the system that I've seen in, in Valley. That's okay. why Valley, Silicon Valley is Silicon Valley okay. because few experts who are really masters of their game, hmm. they come together and they build something together. That's a very different approach as compared to, you know, where you expect a tech entrepreneur to sell, hmm. he can sell, but it will take him longer to sell as compared to, you know, an expert. So that's one of the hard part. And that's, that's where the question I think comes in. That is entrepreneurship, you know, for everyone, hmm. uh, because Ultimately, you have to sell. You have built something. You have to sell if you really want to, you know, build a company. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my suggestion would be to always, you know, get a co-founder uh, who can really, you know, do the stuff that you can't do. So if you are a product guy, mm-hmm. you need to have someone who can do marketing and sales. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, one of the myths, uh, you know, which has been, I would say, propagated by media and by movies, is like uh, people emulate Steve Jobs, and Steve Jobs was a rare combination of, you know, someone who is brilliant at product design, who is brilliant at product and innovation. At the same time, he was brilliant at selling a vision and marketing stuff. Correct. correct. Now the problem is a lot of innovators started to emulate that. Mm. And that's a very big mistake. We should not try to do that. Yes, you can learn, but it will take you much longer. And in that time, you're losing all the revenue that you could have made. Mm. If you have, if you, if you had hired a great sales guy or a marketing guy. So don't try to be, you know. Steve Jobs. Uh, that's the Steve Jobs syndrome yeah. that we have seen, you know, in a lot of entrepreneurs. Steve, that's a nice, uh,
0: uh, that's a nice conclusion to this, uh, to this particular question. Uh, everyone who is uh, trying, you know, who is a budding entrepreneur, don't try to emulate Steve Jobs. Just as the same roadies, be yourself.
1: Yeah, <laughs> And yes, and do you have to learn? You know, you have to learn different aspects of running a business from finance to raising capital, to doing sales and marketing. You need to have that knowledge and you would, you need to be in those meetings. You know, you are the person who is actually selling, but you need to have that solid hand with you.
0: Hmm. Cool, cool. Okay then. So then coming on to the next question, which is uh, an interesting one for me. Uh, and I would like to get your thoughts on that, you know, that if you had 15 minutes to spend with your former self, uh, and you know you could give him an advice which would save him from the heartache and you know the whole pain or that entrepreneur journey in the starting what would you like to tell him during those 15 minutes if you had that time today to go back, oh. uh, back in the journey yeah. there are you... so
1: many lessons <laughs> but there, there are important so, ones. so many lessons important
0: I would to ones, Yeah. yeah
1: uh we can yeah we can focus on some of the biggest ones i mean I've, i would say these are some of the biggest mistakes that i have made you know, and i've learned so this is my third start-up. uh during my first uh, startup what so we all you know especially this is especially about you know people who come from the product background or innovation or scientific background now what happens is we fall in love with our idea Correct. so much so deeply that we we assume that whatever we bring to the market, people, people are, you know, lining up like, like they do for Apple iPhone, Mm. they would line up, you know, to buy our product and that doesn't happen. Nothing moves by itself. Mm. That's like one of the biggest lessons and the mistake here is, uh, you know, launching very late. So Mm. if you have an idea, if you have that concept, validate it with your target market immediately, Mm. spend more time on that. So, because unless you are, you know, building a reusable rocket or you are working on nuclear fusion or any hard, you know, scientific challenge, Hmm. like uh, building something like transferring your consciousness to a laptop, let's say, Hmm. you want to build that. So Hmm. these are hard challenges, hard technical challenges and scientific challenges for which you would need a lot of time. But if you're not doing that, if you're running, you know, a regular product-driven startup, but it's not that kind of product, uh, I would say from my own experience that Product Banjata uh, given enough you know uh, resources product you can build your product you can hire people who can build your product you can build your product but hmm. uh, if it is not that kind of hard challenge start with distribution at the center you should focus on how are you going to sell it who is your customer and how does your product uh, you know how would your product change your customers' life hmm. dramatically because unless it does that you know guess what? People are busy, you know, and they are entitled. (laughs) The entitlement is very high today. So uh, the thing is, people are like, hey, so let's say, just to give you an example, let's say you are uh, building a new content platform like Netflix. Mm -hmm. Now, I I would have a simple question. Why should I give a fuck? I'm in love with Netflix. I'm in love with all the shows that Netflix built. So unless you absolutely know what I love, you absolutely Mm -hmm. know my taste, Mm -hmm. you cannot build something. Mm -hmm. So that's why I, I think I would focus on distribution and you know customer love you have yeah. to start with that and based on that you, you should start working on your product yeah. so just to give you an example in my first startup i was so deeply in love with the innovation we were we are bringing to the market we are saving lives with the women's safety product yeah. and we assumed that it would automatically sell yeah. and the biggest mistake is that during it took us two and a half years to really build that product uh, it won't de- uh, take that much time today. It was pre-wearables you know, time. It took that much time to really, you know, put a GPS chip in, in such a small set hmm. uh, with battery and everything, all hmm. those things in such a small space. Hmm. It was a challenge, but we never, you know, made any effort to talk to our target audience, which is girls and women. We never hmm. talked to them okay. you know, in depth. We okay. talked to few few of them and in a way we were just validating our beliefs hmm. and it that's why. After two and a half years and after that acquisition, uh, sales were not that high uh, as compared to you know, now uh, going to, the, to my second startup. In my second startup, we did not write even a single line of code before talking it's to customers. And we spent around three months, hmm. three, to, three to, I would say, five, six months in just studying the market, studying what the customer really, really need. And hmm. wh- what happened was it really destroyed some of our assumptions hmm. and it really shaped. Uh, what we should build and what we should not build, and that really shortened our time from you know two and a half years in my previous startup to to six months in, in my second startup. And that's I think one of the biggest lessons: that don't don't fall in love with your idea, go out immediately, talk to ten to fifty people, and really validate. You know, uh, does that change their life dramatically? Would they really pay for that? And then based on and shatter all your assumptions. Always assume that all your assumptions might be wrong. So based on that, then shape your product.
0: Correct, correct. That is yeah. really that is good to know, and you know that you're right in that way that, pe- you know, there are people who just start, you know, they think about an idea and they start working on that product, knowing themselves, as you mentioned, that you know our product will, you know, this will be a great new thing. It w- that you know will just shake the world, and people have not heard about it, or they. You know, they don't have a product for it, or our product is so much superior than the other solutions in the market. And then when they really launch, uh, they get to know the reality. So yeah, you're true about, right about that.
1: And we, I, I've I've fallen in that trap. You know, we all do. <laughs> I, I just Correct. want others, you know, save time because this is a this is a very hard lesson. You know, and you should really start uh, with customer and distribution because. Mm-hmm. Uh, Distribution is really a key advantage. If you mm. don't focus on distribution, sooner sooner or later you have to, you know, because like I mentioned, uh, I also believe that, you know, when I have this product in my hand, mm. people will line up, you know, to buy that product <laughs> and that never happens. You have uh, to you know, work on marketing, messaging, communication, and mm. finally, you know, uh, building up those distribution lines and partners who will really help you in selling that product. Mm.
0: Correct. Okay, Saurabh. so my next question for you now is another you know we always think that money is the motivating factor for everyone now being an entrepreneur yourself and you know this is something that i would also like to understand from you is money the only motivating factor and if not what is the you know other means to to keep them motivated because i understand that not everyone will be able to align with the purpose with which you know, if I'm starting a company, they won't align with the purpose with which I have started that company, they might be in here for a different, with a different motivation, you know, coming from a different background, with, you know, different things to do. So what is your take on that? You know, besides money as an entrepreneur, what are the other things that they can do that people can do to motivate their team? Hmm.
1: Okay, I uh, I think about that a lot actually these days. <laughs> I mean, this is really important. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just just to you know gain more clarity, is it about the entrepreneur himself or is it about the employees? You know, yes, or both? So,
0: uh, it can be both, but I guess entrepreneur is much more motivated uh, than the other people because it's his like it's his own baby or her own baby, and they ha- they have you know already. Given so much from their side in terms of the you know working on that idea, you know just building that thing from the ground up right, but if a person who is joining you at a later stage uh they might not have that kind of motivation so for particularly for them for the for your team, what are the other things apart from money for an okay. on, for an entrepreneur, it can be multiple things, but for a team, I won't like to know more
1: okay. So I think I would say it changes with the stage of the company. Uh, so let's say you're uh, you're an employee at Amazon, you know something as huge as Amazon. Mm. I think money really motivates. Money is is one of the very strongest motivating factor for employees to work at Amazon because it's really stable and gives you job security and many other things. Correct. Uh, Correct. But if if it's about a startup, you know in the early stages uh it's like fighting a war because you are up against you know big companies and in a war uh, so if when you're fighting, you need that fight in you, you need that intensity in you and money money can maybe pull you out but not to that extent you know uh, it it is uh, there has to be uh, and no one can do that for you, you know for example, let's say uh, you are passionate about cricket. Mm. Now, I cannot trigger a passion in you about football. Mm. I can't do that. Mm. Uh, Maybe, uh, you know, for money, you might work, you know, you might practice, you know, a football for for a month or something. Mm. But can you do that for five years? Can you do that for seven years? Because that's the average time it takes to really shatter, you know, uh, uh, I would say the market dominance or or, you know, to shaken up the market share in a specific industry. Correct. It's, on average it takes around 5 to 7 years you know okay. things like Instagram which from ground up to, you know, to exit it took them around 18 months I guess mm-hmm. they're outliers so let's not you know focus so, on uh, that let's uh, focus on most of the startups which mostly if you for example if you want to build Uber of the world if you want to build bnb of the world if you want to do something that big or you know that challenging
0: mm-hmm.
1: it takes around 7 to 10 years on average and, and it's still very challenging you know even at that stage now only your uh, pre existing passion or fire can only sustain that that's number one you know because you have to stay there for 7 to 10 years so your team has to be some you know a combination of people who really really want something to exist in the world mm-hmm. so like for example i'll go back to 19 you know 84 or 85 when when uh, apple launched macintosh now, if you interview those people today, if you've seen those interviews, or every single engineer on that team, they did not give a fuck about money. They were paid decent money. Hmm. But beyond that, they were always poached by Microsoft or you know many other companies, but they did not give a fuck. Why? Because they were passionate or driven by this one singular vision that we need to bring this product into the market. The world needs a Macintosh. That's what they believed in. They failed. Who cares? Hmm. They failed, they learned from that. But what really drove them for those three years when they were building this was pure hunger and passion to materialize this singular vision that they had. That's number one, I, I would say. The second thing is about, you know, having fun and having a flow state. So I'm a, I, I'm big into cricket. So I'll again give you an example okay, uh, and okay. big in physics. So if I'm playing cricket, I can do that for six hours. It's mm-hmm. not work for mm-hmm. me. It's all fun. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting tired. I don't need to drink coffee. I don't need to do anything. I'm just playing cricket. Mm-hmm. Give me a ball. Give me a bat and I'll do that. Same mm-hmm. same for physics. You know, uh, and at CERN, uh, where, you know, uh, about, uh, as a particle physicist, I saw people, you know, they they were coming at 2 a.m. in the morning. Okay. They were even sleeping there. Nobody is telling them to do. You know, the timings were around 8.30 a.m. to four and 4.30 or 5.00 p.m. That's okay. it. But people used to stay there for, you know, like till 10.00 p.m., 11.00 p.m. They were coming sometime. They were coming early in the morning. It's hunger. It's passion. Hmm. And you can't, you know, trigger that in anyone. It has to be, it has to be there itself. Hmm. So as an entrepreneur, I would say, if uh, you don't have to motivate, you have to motivate people. I mean, time to time, but Correct. your number one job is to find those people who are already passionate about this thing that you are trying to build and find those people. It's like, you know, when we, let's talk about kids, you know, like when you are in kindergarten, just observe those kids Mm -hmm. automatically, you will, you will see that they will start creating groups. Mm -hmm. There is this group of kids who are just into drawing. Mm -hmm. And if you are into drawing, you will just automatically go there and you will stay there for hours. Mm -hmm. Similarly, if you are into, you know, uh, playing football you will just start you know talking to those kids automatically you won't have any shame also you'll just go there and start playing with those kids hmm. and i think that's what we are we are these uh, kids at heart we are just you know grown up now uh, but at the end of the day uh, uh, if if you really you know want to master a field hmm. if you want to build excellence you need to stay in the game for seven to ten years in a particular field and hmm. you can only do that when you deeply love that, when you reach a flow state and flow state by flow state, I mean, you forget time. Like I said, when you're playing cricket, I forget, uh, uh, I when I'm playing cricket, I forget <laughs> time when I'm doing physics, I forget time. So find something where you really forget time for yourself. And similarly, when you hire people, you, you need to have this eye to find that. Thing. Because a lot of people, you know, fluff. They, uh, they say a lot of fluffy stuff Indeed. that I've done Indeed. this, I've done that. I'm passionate, <laughs> you know. Uh, so it's very difficult, you know, to really uh, dissect that. Mm. But so you have to spend time with them, uh, you know, with the new hire, uh, all the new hires. You, as an entrepreneur, it's your number one job to spend time with them to really understand their value system. Mm. Because uh, uh, when you are starting up, you are fighting a war. With very big companies, correct, and you are trying to create something new. Mm -hmm. You are not just with war with big big companies. You are in war with the entire market itself because the market is not going to accept your product unless you are aggressive about it. Unless you really believe in that thing. Mm -hmm. It's not just about you as an entrepreneur. It's about I'm talking about you as the company. Mm -hmm. And if your company has ten people, they have to be like aligned with a very powerful force. That hey, we believe in this. We are behind you. We are gonna help you and this work that we are doing every single day is so much fun that's not even work for me
0: hmm.
1: when you reach that when you have 10 people for who you know for those people work is not really work it's fun it's like playing cricket hmm. then you can do something like interstellar you can build <laughs> something you know as big as interstellar nice
0: nice that's nice to know and as we all say in nolan we believe coming coming from that point oh
1: the world needs a nolan and world needs 1000 nolans but yeah <laughs> nolan is very rare <laughs> correct and so, and you know he he has never gone to any film school
0: oh nice i didn't know about that
1: all self all self trained completely self trained
0: respect infinity level up to. pehle zyada thi now to it's like even more okay so sort of I can't hear you. Hello? Yeah, now I can hear you. There was something. Hello? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, okay. So uh sort of No, I was just talking. You. Yeah.
1: you you find me. Yeah.
0: So sort of my next question is uh the one that I was really interested in asking you is who is the bigger visionary is it jobs or is it or is it mask the lawn mask what is your thoughts on that no. and for uh for some reason there is an echo uh, have you made any have you made any changes in the settings or something
1: yeah my airport they just you know, some battery issue just just give me a few seconds You, can you hear me? Yeah, it's better. Yeah. Can you hear me now? Yeah, it's just the, the battery. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. So yeah, as you were as I was so, asking you, okay. between Musk and between jobs, who is a bigger visionary? And what are your thoughts on that?
1: Okay. Oh. man, <laughs> what I <are you? laughs> I mean. <laughs> This uh, Both are gods, you know. Both are gods for me.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> and they are very different people, I would say. Uh, but uh, I mean, it depends. You know, on the on the on the on the lens through which you know you are you are looking at them. Hmm. So, first of all, both are gods. So we are we are mortal beings trying to judge them. <laughs> it's it's not really good. We are just, so uh, yeah, I mean, but uh, okay, so let's use it i would say different lens so let's talk about someone who
0: yeah but if you have to make one, one of them like this Z- zeus and you know the other one you know a smaller god one has to be like the gods of god so who will be that
1: okay yeah so my personal frame of work i would say is i look at things from time perspective so mm-hmm would i remember or let, let's say we all live you know for next 500 years hmm. would we would i personally i would say would i personally remember steve jobs i'm not really sure but would i i respect oh. him deeply but yeah. would i remember him no but would i remember elon musk yes. damn yes he yes. is the guy yes who changed everything who brought us to you know who made us interplanetary i mean uh so if we look at this from a time perspective,
0: hmm.
1: it's like Einstein, you know, it's like Galileo. It's like Newton hmm. you would remember these people for the next thousand years. Because they have done something which changes the entire course of humanity.
0: Correct.
1: So Elon Musk is there. It's, it's, he's there. Yeah, I mean, uh, if we talk about vision from that perspective, but having said that, uh, about Steve Jobs, uh, I think we, we, we should spend some time on that about, I, I would say because he did something. Which was con- considered impossible. He turned around Apple in a very different manner, uh, in, a, in a manner that we really crave for it. It. He also revolutionized industries, uh, but th- that's that's the thing. You know, you would remember him for next 50 years because
0: he brought exactly.
1: us into this, you know, exactly. the smartphone era. But beyond that, uh, it's, it's Elon Musk.
0: You know, yeah, I I totally agree with your point over here. Also, you know, Elon, you know, Apple or stage Jobs worked in one like one particular industry right I mean it was consumer electronics and whether it is iPad, iPhone, Mac it's all you know related to one particular one specific industry in a similar you know somewhere uh, relatable product lines but when you talk about Elon Musk he's you know working on the he's like he has built the best uh, electric car that we have in the world right now. He's working on rockets, uh, he built he is building tunnels under city. He is uh, he is building and a flame reu- reusable rocket, reusable rockets, correct. Reusable rocket is the bigger
1: he was, <laughs> and you know, uh, just there's a funny uh, thing which recently happened so. I mean, we all have seen that he is into PR, you know, he does a lot of publicity correct, stuff. Correct, we all know that. Correct. Uh, having said that, so I was having this conversation with a scientist. He, uh, she is a very senior scientist at CERN okay. and he visited them, you know, like some time back. Okay. And uh, so I asked, you know, so it was, we were discussing about some publicity stunt that he had done, you know, mm. those days. We were discussing that and then she said something beautiful. Mm. She said, you know, when you... Build a reusable rocket. <laughs> uh, you can do anything after that. <laughs> <laughs> because very, he very has done some things <laughs> yeah, which NASA doing. was not able to do. Correct. Uh, no, NASA, Russia, China, nobody has done that thing. Mm,
0: correct. <laughs> <laughs> that,
1: then a, you can do anything.
0: That's a very uh, very simple way of saying it that once you do that, <laughs> you can do anything. mind. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that's
1: awesome Uh, he deserves all the PR it's like you know Virat Kohli when Virat Kohli uh in his early days he used to sledge a lot if we know that he used to abuse the ballers and everything look at him now Hmm. he still abuses you know all the ballers (laughs) when he can but we're like you do your thing Ah. if that's what you know drives your cricket just do that totally
0: (laughs) Totally. And you know, even after that, he's building gigafactories you know, now and you know, I was looking, I was watching behind uh, before the flood in which he said to Leonardo DiCaprio that, you know, we just need about a hundred of these or even lesser than those gigafactories to conserve the whole world in nature. I mean, when you were, you know, Exactly.
1: When, yeah, solar is enough. Exactly. Solar is really enough if you build it the right way.
0: Exactly. So when, I mean, when you are working on that kind of scale with that kind of a vision, I mean, there is, I don't even consider anyone near to him, whether it is Jeff Bezos or Steve Jobs, even for that matter. I mean, I, you're correct that he has done which which he should be credited, to, credited for, absolutely. But in comparison, I think Elon Musk has gone ahead, like way ahead than everybody else.
1: He's on those lines, you know, like Edison, Einstein, Newton. He's on that kind of line, hmm. like, like there is this line, you draw this line and it's above this line, you put people like Sachin Pamilkar, Raju Hirani, Nolan and Milan.
0: And <laughs> oh, below that you have so all of okay. humanity. Okay, nice.
1: He has crossed that line now. So, <laughs>
0: so, so sort of uh, after jobs, you know, I know that you have spent, uh, now that you spent considerable years in entrepreneurship, I always want to, you know, hear some stories from you know from entrepreneurs like you. There have been some funny instances or interesting stories that you must be having or you must have experienced in all these years that you know we can get to know. And before you know we go to the last part of this talk, you know, we can you know have it a bit on a interesting or a funny end.
1: There are many stories, but I think one of them which I it is coming to my mind right now I think, uh, is during my second starter. Okay. Uh, so just to give you a brief about that. So uh, what we are doing is uh, we are using data analytics and AI to help buildings save energy. That was the whole concept. Yes. Yes. Now, uh, so we met this investor, he belongs to a very reputed, you know, uh, investment firm at, at a pre-seed or seed, seed stage. Even okay. they do invest at the, at an angel level, right? Now. Okay. okay. So. Uh, and during that time uh, me and my co-founder we were pitching you know all across you know uh-huh. at multiple conferences at multi- multiple pitch sessions and everything uh-huh. and i think he met us around uh, i mean he saw our pitches almost like four or five times and during the f- fifth pitch uh-huh. he was sitting with my co-founder and he was reciting my pitch <laughs> okay. Then, okay now he is going to talk about blockchain now he's going to bring AI. <laughs> this, this is how, how much he are going to save. So he was reciting my pitch. Oh,
0: okay, that's interesting.
1: That was really funny. <laughs> yeah. And then we met him after that, and he was like, Hey, I know your entire pitch. And so I was like, No, 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 I need to add something. So, and it was like uh, uh, 2017, blockchain, Bitcoin, crypto, AI, VR, AI, VR AR, everything was hot. You know, hmm. so I was like, okay, what do you want? <laughs> you need blockchain? We'll add that. You need ARVR? We'll add that. So, uh, although <laughs> I wouldn't recommend you know anyone to do that, we just it was just a funny you know instance with him hmm. because he said that you know this is what what's going on today. If you add a blockchain to your name, you get funded. Hmm. So I was like, okay, Correct. what else do you need?
0: Correct. Nice, nice, Saurav. So Saurav. Thank you so much for sharing all those interesting insights. Talking in detail about your journey, starting off from your school life, where you you know you said that you were not interested in physics, you know you're not interested in anything apart from physics, but you were judged on basis of that. And then going to Hansraj College, going to CERN, and then coming back to uh, coming back to the entrepreneurial world, building three startups till now. It has, you know, it has been really interesting and, you know, amazing to talk to you. And another thing I would like to tell you that I haven't told anyone till now, when I was promoting about uh, this particular podcast and I, you know, I, uh, I posted a story, you know, just describing your profile. I didn't even mention your name. I got replies from about eight to 10 people saying, can you hear me? Uh, sorry, I can't hear you. Sorry, I guess your airports have died. Uh, can you hear me now? Yes, I can, but the echo will be there now. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. So, as I was uh, saying, when uh, when I was promoting about this particular podcast... I just mentioned your uh, profile. I didn't reveal your name. I just mentioned your profile. That you know that he has he has done masters in nuclear science. Uh, he was a particle physicist. Uh, worked at CERN. Left that. Came back to India. Started his entrepreneurial journey. I didn't mention your name. I uh, posted that story. I got about a responses from about eight to ten people saying, "Is it sort of bridge?" I <laughs> I didn't expect that, <laughs> yeah, but I realized okay. that, you know, that you have made that impact in your short, you know, in your short stint over here. And now that, you know, there were, and there were these college students I knew, you know, back from Springhouse days who were telling me that, you know, is this sort of rich? And it was, yeah, I guess I was, I was like, yeah, this is sort of rich. So kudos to that. You have, you know, met, you have made <laughs> an impact. Right.
1: I hope, uh, you know, uh, with this new startup, uh, I really, you know, because this is really close to my heart because I've gone back to my physics roots and because, uh, we were using, you know, sorry.
0: Nothing. Please continue.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. So during my physics days, we were using supercomputers, you know, for particle simulations. And when I left that field, uh, for entrepreneurship, I no longer have access to, you know, supercomputing and all those things. So I'm super passionate about bringing this technology into the hands of every data scientist or designer in the world, because uh, I know how much, you know, time it takes to run your, you know, to train your models, to render your designs or to, you know, work on your simulation. If you don't have a powerful computer with you. Mm -hmm. So at at a very base level uh, today, what we have done uh, so far is it's something like Airbnb or Uber of computing so on this side uh, you have someone with a very powerful computer on and on this side we have data scientists and designers who mm-hmm. can use this machine okay. and we've built a software to enable this mm-hmm. so that's the dream that one day you know a brilliant scientist in nigeria let's say and he can you know get access to the to a supercomputer for the cost of a starbucks coffee uh, that's the that's entire awesome. you know uh, vision behind it That's
0: awesome.
1: and so- i really hope because that would be the if you can
0: so now, if right now if somebody wants to know more about Qblocks, uh, where, can, where, the, where can they go for that? Where can they find more about Qblocks?
1: Just uh, Qblocks.cloud. It's mm-hmm. everything. We have shared everything there. And you can you know, use some free computing credits to train your model if you're a, if you're a data scientist.
0: Nice. So everybody, uh, you can go to Qblocks.cloud and get to know more about this mind-blowing venture <laughs> where uh, Saurabh is democratizing supercomputing. Where this noble cause where a, you know a scientist sitting in remote corners of the world can use that power and do their work without you know without any hindrances so i guess that's a very very that's a very noble cause and more power to you Saurabh and to your complete team and now before uh, we bid you goodbye we have already and everybody you might not be knowing this right now but Saurabh is currently in canada and he is it's midnight over there and he has taken out time from his busy schedule for a small podcast of mine so thank you Saurabh sort of again for that um, you know that that is the reason so a lot of people who are asking me why why are you doing it at 10, 10, 10 30 a.m in the morning this is the reason because my my you know my guest is taking out time at midnight so i can surely make make time in the morning
1: And yeah, I mean, and thank you so much, you know, and thanks for your audience too, uh, because we had to find this middle ground. (laughs) Uh, I I think it's Sunday morning, so it might be early for a lot of people. And because uh, it's Sunday morning, we want to, you know, uh, so
0: (laughs) We want to make most of it while sleeping. So sort of my last, uh, my last uh, segment is just a small fun quiz. And I know that you are a big Nolan fan not I'm a big Nolan fan, but there are other favorite movies, uh, which you have. So I took out some famous dialogues from those movies and, uh, I just wanted to see if you are able to identify which movies, which movie dialogues are they? Right.
1: Wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's try.
0: Let's try that also. Yeah. So the first, the first dialogue is here's me putting an idea into your head. Don't think about elephants,
1: dot, dot, dot. Is it like, okay. Can you please repeat that? And is it, we are talking about a Bollywood movie or no, a Hollywood it's,
0: movie? It's all, it's all Hollywood. Here is me putting an idea into Hollywood. your head. Don't think about elephants. What do you think about, dot, dot, dot. Oh.
1: The
0: hint is in is the... Is it Pirates of the Silicon Valley? No, 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 no. Uh, the hint is. The hint is the there is a word in the dialogue itself. It's you putting an idea in your into your head.
1: Idea into your head. Into
0: your mind, sorry, idea into your mind. Inception. It's inception. That's inception. right. Inception. It's inception. While Another. Uh, yeah. Oh man.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> While they're picked up from uh, when they have, you know, they aren't able to do their first work uh, in the perfect manner. And then Sato picks them up from their house and put them into his helicopter. And this conversation happens over there.
1: Between Caprio and Tom Hardy? Okay.
0: No, not Tom Is Hardy. Sato. Sato. When Sato tells him that, you know, I want you oh. to do this work for me.
1: Oh, yes. Yes. Now and now I guess. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. The next one. Uh, okay, this is from a TV show. Uh, just hold on. No, 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 it's not from a TV show, it's from another amazing movie. Don't go gentle into that good night.
1: Come on, <laughs> it's interstellar. Uh, it was too easy. It was yeah. not. <laughs> I love that dialogue and the way he, you know, is that,
0: yeah. Yeah, I just did it. I just spoke it in the same manner, with that same intensity, I know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, and the last one that made is... made it easier. <laughs> the last one is from a TV show. Uh, it's another amazing TV show. Uh, so the dialogue is, some people choose to see the ugliness in the world, the disarray. I choose to see the beauty. Which one is it? Hmm... Steve Jobs?
1: No. 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 Just no, they, they give, they give me... Uh, he is closely, sorry?
0: He's closely related to our favorite director. The person who is directing this show. He's there on your... He's there Which your, show? That's, an, that's... You have to tell. <laughs>
1: No, oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, what was the hint?
0: Uh, he is a brother of our famous di- of our favorite director. Westworld. Yes, that's right. Westworld it is.
1: Oh, I mean, I don't know if there is a word you know for like an orgasmic word. <laughs> so that's what Westworld does to you, you know. <laughs>
0: Nice, nice. Oh, and if we go on to that, we'll have to spend another hour on Roll if we can't start talking oh, yeah. about that. So, Saurabh, thank you so much. Uh, that's all from my side for today. And thank you again so much for taking out time and uh, sharing your insights. And I'm sure that everybody who joined us had uh, you know had, had an amazing time they got you know so much from you about your journey uh and the belief that if you, you that believe that you know if you believe that you can do that you want to do something you will ultimately do it right we can all we just need to have that belief and the uh, rigor to do and to just follow it
1: yeah i mean you have to take risk in your life and because in this reality this <laughs> in this reality you need uh, this is if you, if you take universe time frame this is really short mm-hmm. really really short you won't even you know believe how short this is from the framework of the universe this is just 60 70 years mm-hmm. and your youth is around 40 50 years that's it
0: correct
1: so just focus on your deep passions and try to find a way to you know sell the sell sell that basically because that's when you will do the best work of your life and that's how you will be very very happy very deeply happy so
0: correct so thank you so much Saurabh now uh I would like to say goodbye and uh We'll, and we'll stay in touch now. Awesome. More, more than uh, we stayed earlier. I'll be, you know, staying in touch with you. And everybody, thank you so much for uh, joining us on this zed Talks episode. And if you like the episode, please like, share, and subscribe. I have rectified it today so that I can say it. So please like, share, and subscribe this episode, this channel, and see you in the next episode. Take care. Bye bye.
1: Awesome.